if you have the bone marrow cells from somebody else that has a different DNA message, then those cells would not have the sickle cell disease problems. And so that would be a cure. When we started, you talked about bone marrow transplant. Is there a difference, bone marrow transplant, stem cell transplant? And, you know, how do these procedures help sickle cell disease? Okay. So uh, how does these different kinds of transplants work? So that the general idea is that if you have your own bone marrow cells, that's where the red blood cells are made. And if they have the DNA message for making sickle red blood cells, then all the cells they make will be sickle red blood cells. You can take medicines to make it less severe. You can get transfusions to dilute them, but they're still making sickle red blood cells. However, if you have the bone marrow cells from somebody else that has a different DNA message, sickle trait or not sickle at all, then those cells would not have the sickle cell disease problems. And so that would be a cure. And so one way to do this is with a bone marrow transplant, where the bone marrow is pulled from the donor, usually from uh, the hip bone, sort of around where my belt would cross over my hip bones in the back, um, pull several yeah, usually a couple hundred, 400 cc's of uh, bone marrow from that area, usually under anesthesia, and put it up in a bag, clean it up a little bit, and then infuse that in a special IV, special line into the bloodstream where it finds its way to the bone marrow space and starts to grow. And then now that's making new red blood cells that do not sickle. That would require finding a donor who's willing to get stuck in their bone marrow. There's another way where the person could hold out both arms. The donor could have two lines, one in each arm, and have blood coming from one out through a machine, collect some stem cells in a bag from the blood, and then send the rest back through the other IV, through the other line. And that way is called peripheral blood stem cell transplant. Similar type of cells, different way of collecting them, has certain limitations and certain differences from bone marrow, but could be from the same donor. And so we've had nine-year-old children donating peripheral blood stem cells to their 16-year-old brother, and that works. That's basically another form of bone marrow stem cell transplant. Right now, the biggest thing for those kinds of things is who's your donor, how related are, how special uh, their HLA match, their cell outside markers, how well they match you. And so those, when they are very well matched with a sibling, has an extremely high chance of success, 90, 95% chance of success. If you don't have that kind of a sibling match, then there's alternative approaches where they now have done more immune system treatments, different fancy medication packages, so that sometimes a parent or a child or another relative could be that donor. And that's a different kind of transplant. You know, as we're rounding up uh, for our listeners out there, we've been talking to Professor Louis Sue, MD, PhD, 
a professor at the University of Illinois in Chicago and chief medical officer of Sickle Cell Disease Association of America. So as we close, I want to ask you two final questions. Um, are people living longer now with sickle cell disease? What is the average life expectancy? And then number two, can you tell us a fun item outside of your area of specialization as we finish up? Okay. Uh, so first for the life expectancy, in the United States, the latest data that we had was median life, something in the mid 40s. So something like 45, which has not changed very much in the last 10, 15 years. And that's very unfortunate that it has not changed much. Uh, life expectancy actually for sickle cell in England, in London specifically, uh, some were more like 55. I think different medical care system, slightly different population perhaps. In Canada also is better than the US. And I think in France, they have better statistics too. So there's something about the healthcare system in addition to the amount of resources. How about in Nigeria? Nigeria, I don't think we know. Uh, so there's probably a large number of children who die without ever getting diagnosed. And so that would be children under five who have died without ever being diagnosed with sickle cell because there's not been universal newborn screening. Uh, so the impression is that in Nigeria, there's probably a large number of early childhood deaths, but there are many, many adults with sickle cell disease um, who've managed to survive through all this. The impression is they probably are from more uh, well-off areas or parents who are able to look out for them a little bit better. And so they have been survivors. So I don't think we have a good statistic, or at least I don't know a good statistic. So that's progress still needs to be made. Uh, and some of it will be standing up and being counted and doing registries and things like that. Um, stories, well, so one story, again, I, I, I recognize that you're Nigerian, and um, so I did make three trips to Nigeria with uh, with different collaborators, and on one of them, I was around there on a tour group, a working tour group, for about six days, and on day two of this, they said, hey, Louis, how about if we introduce you to some Nigerian food, and I said, oh, this sounds great. And I say, okay, with this one, this one, and this one. And then this one was, this one is a little bit spicy. You got to watch out for this. And it was, uh, it was a, some kind of grilled fish. And I was looking at it, wow, this is very red. This is full of these peppers. <laughs> and I ate like one and a half bites of it. And I was on fire and I was begging for cups of water and stuff like that. And so after that, they said, okay, for the rest of this trip, the, the other days, we're going to order this, this, and this, and we'll get this one for Lewis. <laughs> for, the, for the weak one, <laughs> couldn't stand the spiciness of Nigerian food. It was very, it was very exciting, but <laughs> it was a little bit painful too. Uh, and I later saw in one restaurant, this box, a case, 15 kilos of peppers. And it was labeled from China. 
<laughs> so there's a lot of cross-cultural things, but this this cultural tongue is not quite good enough to handle the uh, the amount of spiciness in certain parts of Nigerian cuisine. Oh wow! Um, I want to express again my most grand appreciation uh, for your willingness, uh, Professor Sue, uh, despite your very busy schedule to participate in CocoaPods podcast, a podcast that we believe can make change. So thank you so very much. And um, is there, you know, one closing thought you want to leave us with? Um, keep on raising awareness, Global Sickle Cell Awareness Day, June 19th, every year. Shine the light for sickle cell. Oh, by the way, um, we just heard that CVS, CVS drugstores are going to have in this coming week information about sickle cell playing in their stores on the on the sound system in the store in recognition of sickle cell awareness. Day. In Can Forsyth, is there much CVS? Yes, uh, uh, there is one CVS in Forsyth, yeah. Georgia. Yes. Check it out. <laughs> that, but they're just allying with us for sickle cell awareness. So during this coming week in June, in recognition of Global Sickle Cell Awareness Day, June 19th, uh, some of the CVS drugstores are going to be playing in their stores information about sickle cell wow. uh, so that shopping people will learn something about sickle cell. So this could go a long way in just raising a little bit more awareness <laughs> about sickle cell disease. And so we're grateful for the uh, the help and the public service announcement kind of stuff. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks very much. 